Welcome back to another edition of the Para Podcast. This week we're previewing, uh, well, sorry, second podcast of the week, but we'll be previewing all the upcoming action this week. So first we'll hit the junior reps, HM, Harold Matthews, SG Ball, Tasha Gales, then into the flag, Wenty, and of course, first grade. So first off the bat, um, after being uh, successful last week in a, a thrashing of the um, the Magpies, Eels will take on the Sharks in the Harold Matthews on Saturday uh, at 10 a.m. at New Era Stadium. Eels come into the match sitting second on the ladder and Sharks at fifth. Uh, him and Forty, will either of you be in attendance? I'll, the plan is to get out there. Yeah, yeah, I'll be out there. It's a big Saturday, isn't it, Ham? Yeah, yeah. Uh, junior, junior reps at New Era and then I think Wenty at Ringrose if we zip across, we'll make it in time. So plenty of football. Yeah, ring roses at three o'clock. So between, um, I'm not sure if you'll be able to stick out for the Tasha Gals, uh, which is at one o'clock. But um, yeah, zipping over to play Blacktown Workers uh, v Wenty at ring rose. This will, um, so this will be a big couple of games because the Eels and the Sharks have a real like big rivalry in the discreps. They've played some cracker games across. Uh, what was it since 2015? When we've had really, really strong squads in both the 16s and 18s of both clubs, uh, they got we the played in chocolates. a couple of grand finals. Yes, they got the chocolates in the 2015 uh, Harold Match grand final, uh, but we got the revenge last year in the SG Ball grand final. And you know, they just they, there's never a, a blowout game between these two teams. They play really tight, really tough footy. That's uh, some sort of, really good games. They and bring out the best each other. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see uh, the the players that they have this year in the match, even though they are coming fifth. Um, Given recent history, they'll be an absolute top team and it'll be absolute yeah. classic match, they'll, I reckon. They'll push us. I think you could probably pencil us in as favourites, but I would not be surprised if we lost by the same token because the games are that close. All right, and then on to the SG ball. Um, of course, without uh, our hooker, Kyle Schneider, who will be out for the rest of the season, that's going to be taking place um, also at New Era Stadium at 11.30am. Eels coming third, Sharks coming fifth as well in the SG ball. Um, another close encounter. If we play the way we have with ill-discipline and, and sort of bad focus, it's a coin flip. If we play anywhere near you know the way we should be playing, I think we should get home. But I, I can't tell you what team's going to run out as far as um, those two factors. Yeah, we just need need more energy from the um, SG ball boys. I think the um, I was most impressed with Jaden Yates. He's our... Uh, most inexperienced player in the team, and he was uh, the most enthusiastic um, against the Magpies. So if they all take after young Jaden and fire up for this one, uh, we probably could come away with the win. But again, knowing Big. the Sharks, um, they'll have a strong team. So hopefully it'll be a good game. Um, Big, um, I'm not ex- Big Dave Holes could be a difference maker too. Oh, absolutely, he come on. He um, was named on the extended bench, but come on for I think it was about 15 and 20 minutes, and um, just ran the ball hard. He's got he's he's probably one of the tallest at the club. I'd say he's near Kane Evans in height, so um, gets those long legs pumping. And he was on kickoffs. He was making about 20, 25 meters every single time. So yeah, uh, fingers crossed. Um, he's good to go again, and it should be a good one. I'm not expecting a win, but that's only because in the past two weeks I've seen us drop um, too much ball, not completing sets, not looking enthusiastic. So, fingers crossed, they three, do prove it, me wrong. It's three weeks if you factor in the, the Panthers loss that we missed because of the Newcastle trial as well. So, they, they really need to get out of this rut that they've dug themselves into. And in saying that, they're still in third place despite all that. So, they've managed to do enough to win, 
and stay in touch at the top of the table, but they need more now that they're coming up against a tough run of um, opponents. Yeah, I, th- I think if they jag a win this week, that'll sort of um, secure a top eight spot. So, yeah, ho- hopefully they do get a win. But there is still, uh, what, three games after this one? So there's still time to We're get We're in round of- six. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so we've got nine rounds there. So they still do have opportunities to um, secure a top eight spot, but fingers crossed they do win this week and it will... Um, you know, make make sure that they're in that top eight, uh, which is always good to see. All right, and then on to the last game, which um is the girls in attendance again, Tasha Gales, which is at one p.m. at New Era, which will see the Eels in ninth taking on the Sharks in second position. Um, unfortunately for the girls, I don't think they'll be able to get their win this week. Um, as we've touched on previously, there seems to be two tiers in this competition, which is the first, uh, the top four teams are just. Um, well and above uh, the rest it's, of the it's, comp. It's probably going to be a bloodbath. The Sharks were dropping 90 points on like on teams that were like as good or slightly better than the Eels. Like, I think, did South Sydney get beaten by 70 or 90 points? Yeah, some, something they ridiculous managed to, like they that. They managed to knock us off um, in a close game last week. So, unfortunately, it'd it be the stuff of legend. It's a real Dave versus David versus Goliath match, but I don't think the underdog's getting up this time. All right, and then um, I'll just go straight to Wenty because they'll also be playing on the Saturday at 3 o'clock at Ringrose Park, um, which will see them up against Manly's uh, feeder club, the Blacktown Workers Club, uh, which does host a couple of um, ex-Wenty players. That that, that's Wenty's feeder yeah, Wendy. club, the Blacktown <laughs> Workers. It's not... It's not it's not it's not um it's not a couple of players, mate. It's about ten, 10 out of seventeen players have either Parramatta players have played for Wenty or a Parramatta juniors, so you know. <laughs> yes, they've all seemed to shift from Wenty over to Blacktown workers, but of course they got the manly stink on them, so while, they uh while everyone was looking away, Wenty's signed up for a second team in the Intros Super Premiership. <laughs> <laughs> well there are two magpies teams this year, so maybe Blacktown should change to a um yeah, third magpies. A Wenty C magpie oh no but no uh, mainly C magpies maybe. C magpies, yes. Blacktown's pretty far from the coast though. <laughs> 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 um, Alright. So you boys will be out in action there. Um Blacktown uh, it should be said that um I'm not sure how Blacktown workers went on the weekend actually. They lost fifty eight. Fifty eight. No, that's, that's uh, no, flag, no, that's, the flag. That's, oh, the, that's flag. the flag. that's the flag. Um, Did they win? I'll have a quick look. Um, one sec. I'm getting there. Uh, ladder. Get no, interesting premiership. I got it. Uh, Magpies. Uh, they drew 28 all. Eagles. Yeah. They're, they're the Eagles on the table, which threw me off. Yeah, 28 all, which they drew with the Knights. Oh, and Knights usually have a pretty good um, ISP team, so... Um, Wentworthville were good in the first round, although uh, their second half performance left a lot to be desired. Uh, hopefully this week they can come out firing and uh, put in a two-half performance there's, uh, full there's 80 gonna minutes. going to be a lot of niggle in this game, I reckon. I touched on it on my um, game, my teamless blog, but given the history of like the players, how close they've been and how well they know each other, there'll be lots of barbs and, um, and bants and all that sort of stuff. And given that Manly and Parra always play a fiery game, it'll be a good viewing, but maybe a little bit explosive. All right. And so can we expect a live blog from the Cumberland throw? That is the plan. I've got to, I've got to juggle my battery life uh, priorities <laughs> on my laptop. So I might I might do a very sparse updates for the district reps and then 
and then save the battery life for the main event in the ISP. Okay, that sounds great. All right. Well, thanks, boys, for being in attendance and providing those updates. I know um, a couple of the Eels fanatics uh, appreciate it, um, even though not everybody's as interested in the junior reps. They're the feeder, t- uh, feeder sides for our first grade. Um, we've put in plenty of pathways since Brad Arthur's come to the club in 2014. Um, this is the lifeblood of our club uh, moving forward. Um, and I know... Uh, sorry, 40. I was, I was saying definitely, and... and- I know it's been frustrating for fans looking at our NRL team saying we're all the local juniors, but that's been the magnitude of the rebuild, and the really exciting time is coming now. You know, we, we talked about Reed Marnie earlier, um, Ray Stone, who technically isn't a, a local junior, but we've got him when he was still a young guy. Well, Dan uh, Alvaro is pretty young when he came yeah, across as well. Exactly. So, so there's, there's a whole raft of kids coming, you know, I say kids, young men coming through now that are going to be really exciting. You look at that flag team, uh, Tui Afualo, Dylan Brown. Uh, Ethan Parry and Celeste Fahinga, who I think have got nickels at the moment, but they're very talented and they'll be right in the mix. You know, and in that Wenty team as well, uh, I'll tell you who, who stood out as just being a huge human being, Dana Kafalao at that yeah. centre position. Yeah. He is just huge. <laughs> he had a really disappointing end to last year with the whole NYC Grand Final where he, he played his worst game of his career, uh, which admittedly so did Reed Money. It was just that sort of day. But I, I think he's been not brilliant, in um, the preseason and round one, but he's been really technically sound, which is, in my opinion, uh, very pleasing. I was very happy to see him get back to his fundamentals and defend strongly and work hard coming out of the, the back end of the half for the boys. So he'll be one to monitor this year. All right, then on to Sunday's game. So you'll get the double header if you're heading out to Lotto land. Um, I'll stop before we get to the flag and throw over to Ham for his fire up Ham. Oh, yes. Um, so this is about ticket prices and just how ridiculous is it? I've We've bought a family ticket, so two adults and two children for the Manly game, and it's costing $122 for us to sit behind the goalposts. This is behind oh the wow. goalposts. Um, in a few weeks' time, I've already bought my tickets for Canberra, and for $100, same ticket, so two adults, two children, family ticket, sitting on the side, $100. $22 less. Um, if the NRL, Todd Greenberg and Peter Beatty are serious about bringing fans to the game and making sure that that uh, TV experience is just, and that live experience is looking good and it's just as good as the TV, they need to put a cap on ticket prices. They That's what they need. You can't expect fans like myself who do go to I try to go as many games as possible, and last year I attended, I think it was about 22 games. How can you expect someone to go to as many games, and even just people who just regularly get PM uh, drives down from the mid-north coast, how can you expect him to pay $122 every time that they're coming to the football? This is absolutely ridiculous, and the thing is, I will pay because I love my team, I love supporting the Eels, and, but it's just absolutely utterly ridiculous that it's 120 dollars for four tickets to sit behind the goalpost that is but that, that's that's the crux of your point isn't it that someone like you paying isn't the issue because you're one of the core followers of rugby league if they really want to grow this code and compete against the afl juggernaut they've got to be so much more competitive on that front well, I was spewing at yeah, 60 dollars for the panthers for a family seat um <laughs> but i note in um 
in our round five game up against Panthers. Uh, they've reduced the cost to $40 for a general admission, and that's also for the family past the two adults and two children. So, you know, how can you justify an extra $70 on top of that um, to sit four people? And, and to Brookvale. be frank, at Brookvale, Brookvale or Lyle Land, which is a complete shithole, uh, which has, you know, uh, um, not to, to heap anything on the homeless, but homeless people actually live in that centre in the off-season. Yeah, well, I looked at that Penrith game where they're, they're getting the family passes for 40 bucks, and you're right, they're behind the goalpost. Two adults, two children. Now, I only get to one or two games a year. I don't want to sit behind the goalpost. I might as well just sit at home watching on Fox Sports. To sit side on for one adult is $38 something. And the most the most frustrating it's part crazy. of that, PM, is that when you watch it on TV, you will see these huge pockets in like prime real estate where there's no no seats being used. Yeah, they, that's they what happens. They haven't sold yep. the tickets. And there's, you know, they'll have 14,000 ANZ, and from the sort of like the 20 meter to the 40 meter line, there's great real estate to watch the game on the sideline. There are huge clusters of, of empty seats because they charge 50 bucks a seat there. And yep. it's just, it's not worth exactly. it. And just quietly for those attending ANZ, if you get the general admission, uh, generally, once you get in the general admission, you go down to your seat so you can just shuffle along around to the side. Very, very quiet. <laughs> we don't right. encourage you. But that's, you know, <laughs> that's, that's right. You, as much as that is a little bit of like a life hack for the yeah. footy, yes, it goes yeah. against the, the core issue here is where the NRL was shooting itself in the foot and it's up against some very hostile opposition and it needs to be better at this. And I, I do admit that that was one of the key goals for this season is to start addressing that. But that's more on a club-to-club basis rather than the NRL, isn't it? It was an alliance yeah, yeah. of ANZ yeah. clubs like Parramatta, the West Tigers, South Sydney, sort of trying to come together and make the games more affordable rather than But even then, yeah, the NRL as, as a, um, I'm a, a fan of West Ham over in uh, English Premier League. And over there, the English Premier League, the actual head of the game, the FFA, have put a cap on... I'm not sure if it's still going, but this was a few years back. They put a cap on away tickets. So if you're going to sit in the away section, there was a cap, I think it was about, um, let's just say 25 pounds, which is about $50. So it, it, that is more expensive over there because it is such a world game and so many people do go to it. But I don't see why the NRL can't say, look, um, this year, it doesn't matter if it's at ANZ, whether it's at Brookvale, whether it's wherever, wherever it is, there needs to be a cap on pricing and for a family ticket... Even what eighty dollars, you know, f- clubs may lose some money, but in the end, the game will benefit from it because it's a people investment. want to that's watch. Right. People don't want to watch a stadium that's half empty. People don't want to watch a stadium with only five thousand people, and it doesn't. The reason why I think uh, the Wanderers were so successful in their first season and bringing fans to the game was because there were so many people there. And it's 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 a good thing to watch. Yeah, the main thing is to watch the, the the sport and the actual play itself. But the fans at the stadium also create an atmosphere, create a buzz on TV that make it look good. I don't know why they are able, to, how they can justify charging one hundred twenty two dollars for a family ticket and say it's it's just it's not good enough. It isn't. It absolutely isn't. And it's 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 appalling. It's, it's almost extor- It's almost extorting money out of their core customers. Because they know that they're going to come to the game and you're just going to try and rip them off as much as possible, which is really disappointing. Yeah, well, answer me this, right? Now, it costs the same to hire any of the stadiums for any game, whether you've got 5,000 people turn up or 20,000 people turn up. So, isn't it better to have 20,000 people there paying 10 bucks each than, say, 8,000 paying 25 bucks each? You'll sell more food and drink, you'll sell more merchandise. And it'll look better on TV. The whole the whole 
NRL as a whole will look better and everybody will benefit. And it the looking whole no TV part's important because that then drives sponsorship sales. It, 100%. If, the, if, pe- yep. if people see a 20,000-pack stadium, they'll say, well, maybe I should get in on there and, and buy whatever tier of sponsorship, whether it's a 10K, 20K, or 50K uh, sponsorship. You know, Those sort of things all flow on from creating this product that is vibrant and, and full of energy on TV. Because we're the laughing stock. Itself. We're the laughing stock of Australian winter sports because I know AFL is really average game to watch on television and much better at the ground. That may be part of the reason why they get better crowds, but they have a, a game day atmosphere. They include the fans in the game day atmosphere. The, the ticket prices are reasonable. The public transport is really easy to get around, especially in Melbourne. And then we just seem to want to take, 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 take off the fans and give nothing back. By the way, isn't one of the hill like behind the goalposts is actually a hill, so it's not like seats, you sit on the grass? Yeah, at Manly, uh, one's, one side has seats, one side is the hill. Um, so where are but- you sitting, Han? I'm sitting um, behind the stadium, so I'm, I wouldn't be able to... I don't know anything about north, south, east and west. Yeah, but still, um, you know, it's just excessive. All right, well, we'll wrap up Fire Up Ham um, and get on to uh, uh, a preview. So in the flag, it has Eels taking on Manly at 1.50pm at Lotto Land. Um, should be noted that Manly are currently last on the table, even though it was one game, but they went down 58 to 10 against the Knights. Um, so hopefully our flag team can um, can put it on this week. 40 Okay, yeah. No, um, very much, very much the case. Once again, it's going to be a fiery game. There is a lot of history between these two teams because of the high schools they go to. I think Manly recruit pretty heavily out of West Westfield Sports these days, which means that these guys go to school or go to school near each other or at the same school and play each other a lot. So there's a lot of um, a lot of uh, aggressiveness, a lot of competitive drive between the two teams. Uh, hopefully, we can get the win. We should get the win. It's a matter of finding that consistency, much of like our SG ball team and our first grade team. You know, it's, it's not good enough to play well in patches. You need to play well for the majority of the game, get those completion rates up, build the pressure. Uh, even with our weakened squad, we've got plenty of firepower. It'll be on, on Brown and Tapari to step up from that first minute of the game and really, you know, sort of take control of it. Uh, I was trying to think if there's any other... We we only made one change to the team this week with Austin Diaz dropping out for uh, James Porter, which is a bit of a like for like swap. I'm not sure what happened to Austin Diaz, whether it's injury or suspension related, but uh, Porter's built very much in the same mould as a, a tall and somewhat lanky prop. And I haven't had a chance to look at the Manly lineup, but uh, I imagine they'll play us pretty tough. But we should get home. Um, yeah, I'm back. That's good. Um, so I just want to point out something here. Um, it was a, it's a rematch of the uh, 2015 Harold Mats where we saw Tui Afawala go up against Samisi Kioa, who was uh, now at Manly, formerly of the Sharks, and they put on an absolute um, on-field battle. And so hopefully they are lining up against each other and it'll be two juggernauts just uh, fighting it out for centre supremacy here. We'll move on to the first grade, which will see Eels, Parramatta Eels, taking on the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles, uh, at 4.10pm, televised on Channel 9, also on Fox Sports. Uh, check out your local radio listings um, if you want to catch it on the radio, if you're on a drive or something like that. Um, now, thanks to Ricky, I've got some uh, stats here, historical stats, which are since both of our inceptions in the 47 season, the Eels 
have taken on Manly 150 times, only coming away with 55 wins, uh, which is a 36.7% win ratio. Historically, we've had 63 games at Manly, which has seen Seagulls take 52 wins. Uh, Sorry, Seagulls take 42 wins, Eels 20 wins, and one draw. Uh, However, in recent history, the Eels have had a um, complete washing over of the Eagles. we haven't dropped a game against them since round three in 2014. Um, a couple on the trot. Um, the last time Manly defeated the Eels was a home game. No, that's wrong, Ricky. Ricky's got me some dud stats there because it was that round three game in 2014, uh, which from memory, it was an innocuous uh, penalty against the Eels, which saw Manly march down the field to win the game-winning try with um, their old uh, bung shoulder uh, going over to win that match. Um, the biggest win for the Eels against Manly was 52-12 to in round 14 of 2004. The biggest Eels loss against Manly was 53-8 to in round 17 of 1973. Uh, the Eels have 2,212 points against Manly, which is the second most against any side in the ARL history. On to the game. Uh, we'll get into the team list first. Uh, BA is named an unchanged squad list, which is one Bevan French on the wings is Kirasomi Abaar and Josh Hoffman in the centres, Michael Jennings and Jared Hayne in the halves, Norman and Moses. Starting props is Alvaro with our co-captain Tim Manor. At um, hooker is Cameron King. In the second row is Mayu Maroa and locking it all up is Nathan Brown. On the interchange bench is the other co-captain, Bo Scott, in 15 is Takarangi, 16 Matungi, and 17 Kayan Evans, which leaves an extended bench of Will Smith, Kenny Edwards, David Gower, and Kayser Pritchard. Um, so there was a lot of calls for um, some some changes to the team list following uh, the round one defeat. Uh, BA has opted for the uh, pick and stick, um, which, um, you know, fair enough. What are your takes on, on the team list, boys? Yeah, I mean, there is a little wiggle room to get one of Smith or Edwards into the team on game day if he wants to, but I am going into Sunday fully expecting us to go out 1-17. to Like you said, pick and stick. Um, you don't want to overreact to round one. And while our bench let us down a bit during that game, they'll have a shot for redemption and uh, and a chance to aim up against a pretty big and aggressive manly pack. Yeah, I'd like to see Kenny there. I don't, I don't know if he is going to get a run, though. As you said, Brad will probably li- likely to stick with his 17 from last week and give them a second chance to prove themselves. Um, I just thought he lacked a bit of enthusiasm, maybe, when the bench players came on. But maybe he just needs to start with Matangi and put Alvaro or Mana back on the bench. Maybe that will make a bit of difference. So it's hard to know, but I trust him, B.A. I mean, he did so well this last year. I trust whatever his judgment is on the weekend and... And there's not much you can do. I mean, these blokes got us, or most of these blokes got us to the top four last year, so you've got to give them another chance, I think. Yeah, uh, so like, not only do I expect the players to react well, I expect Brad Arthur to react well with his uh, bench rotation. You know, you know, he could, hopefully he learns and he can figure out the right combinations to have on, on at the same time, but uh, yeah, expect a reaction from both uh, on-field, on-field and off-field, sorry the coach and the players. Well, talking about bench rotation, I'll just quickly list the Manly team, which sees Tom Trevojevic at fullback, uh, Tafua and Uate on the wings. And then there's a change in the centres with Brad Parker 
and Brian Kelly coming back from last week. Um, so that's a very young and inexperienced centre pairing they've got there. Uh, then in the six and the seven, respectively, is Lachlan Croker and Daly Cherry Evans. Uh, in the fronting, uh, sorry, in the starting front row is Fanua Blake and Powell. In the number nine is Appy Corusau. Uh, on the second row is Thompson and Sirinen, and locking it all out is Trevojevic. The interchange bench, they've they've made a couple of changes from the round one performance. The, of course, the loss in Golden Point against the Knights. So the interchange bench is Hastings uh, as the utility. Sean Lane, Lloyd Perrett in the front row, and Kalepi Tanganoa, uh, I think that's sort of a second row um, position, although Sean Lane plays a bit of second row. So perhaps Perrett and Tanganoa are the prop rotation and Sean Lane in the second row. Uh, with the reserve bench of Matthew Wright missing out in favour of Brad Parker, Lewis Brown missing out in favour of Hastings, and Gosueski and Frank Winterstein, uh, who was the Rugby Sevens convert, missing out from last season. Yeah, I think if we can, um, unless uh, Trent Barrett's playing silly buggers and puts his starters on the bench like Penrith did, um, I think if we can weather that opening period of um, Fanua Blake and Tapao, um I do believe our bench is better as long as they stick to a game plan of um, playing tough, getting to our edges, kicking nice and deep and early and flat. Um, we can over uh, can get over a Manly side like we have the past six times. Um, we seem to have a good game plan against Manly um, ever since BA has come into control of the club. So, um, yeah, I probably won't make as many outrageous predictions as I did last week that come to <laughs> bite me on the bum. Stay humble. <laughs> Stay humble. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, th- I think if, you know, we definitely have to follow the game plan a lot more strictly this week because we do have a good game plan against Manly. And um, as long as we stick to that game plan, we should come away with the, the win on this this week. Well, um, I'd highlight Kelly um, defensive woes in... Uh, the centre pr- position, Brad Parker seems to be one of those um those players that just oozes talent from um reserve uh, so, sorry from playing juniors. Um, but Brian Kelly, he came from the Gold Coast down to Manly last season, and he seems to have had some defensive woes on that edge. Um, I think that's where we should be attacking this week. Yeah, um, you know, whichever side he's uh, defending on, he'll definitely be. Uh having to make some decisions and just going back to the Penrith game I liked how we used Jared in our set pieces early in the game uh all he had to do was to stick his hands out and Mansell was rushing in off his wing to come and take him so you know as long as we play that correctly and um we get either Tafua or Uate uh rushing in on Hayne you know I'm I'm, Hoffman will probably get some um some some meat again so from from memory, Kelly plays the left edge, so that will see him against Hayne and Hoffman. And Uate is uh, thanks to PM. Uate is his um, uh, wing pairing there. Um, so hopefully for a bit of joy on that side, um, Birdie and and Forty. Do you want to jump in? I think um, I'm a little bit worried about Corusau and Fenua Blake. Uh, tap out, you probably throw in there as well. But they're sort of their little dynamic. Uh, game changes around the ruck, especially for Noel Blake, who I think was revealed as the post-contact meters king of um, 2017. He's um, very powerful through the the sort of tackle and can offload. So if we can do a good job on those guys, we'll go a long way towards winning. 
once again, it comes down to us playing our brand of football and focusing on what we can do rather than trying to limit the opposition. Uh, if we can control the ruck, it'll open up the edges. And if we can get uh, Corey and Mitch uh, on that short kicking game, getting repeat sets and on that long kicking game, sort of picking off Tom Tobojevic and not letting him get uh, cheap kick return meters, it'll go a long way towards winning. Yeah, I, th- I think this is the week yeah, too. Yeah, like what Sorry, said, uh, just for Noah Blake, you know, we've got to stop him. He, he's got to offload this game, especially his power. You know, he just, he offloaded, what, five, six times against Newcastle. Like, we've got to stop them too. And then also another one will be the, uh, the kicking game because Cherry Evans can kick it, you know. He can hit, he, can hit, he tends to find the ground a lot. So, like, you know, Norman has to be on his game or even Moses. So, just a... Like, our two halves should overpower. They've they got, like, an, what, an average 5'8". What's his name? Lachlan well, Lachlan Croker, he's only had one yeah. game in the NRL. One, yeah. one thing we've done very good against uh, Tom Dubojevic is avoiding the high balls and really testing him low to the ground with um, some skidding and, and nasty kicking grubbers. And yeah. we forced we forced errors and sort of trapped him in goals quite a few times that way. So hopefully we go back to that game plan. Yeah, and um, but sorry, PM. Yeah, where we, sh- we need to be a lot more aggressive, I think, in the ruck this week because I think last week that's where Penrith really ran over us in the second half. They were much quicker in the ruck. They got quick play of the balls and we were backpedaling. And with with the you have to touch it with your foot. It should be easier to slow down the ruck. You should be have time to get your defence set. And we did in the first half. And in the second half, that all sort of fell apart. And Penrith got a roll on. I think it's just because we only had two men in most tackles. We weren't turning the guys onto their back. Like Kikau landed on his belly most of the time. So did Regan Campbell-Gillard. I think this week we've got to make sure they're forwards, that we push them backwards and get them onto their back, slow the play of the ball down, set our defence. And then if we can do that and take the manly four-pack out of it, I think we've got it all over them in the outside backs. And that's where we can really score our points. But we've got to win up the middle first. And that's something we probably thought was going to come easy last week after the first 20 minutes and we went away from that in the second half and that's something we've got to do this week and I'm sure BA will be talking to his forwards leading into this game and reminding him of that. And especially with Manly's bench um, against Knights, I don't know if too many people caught the, the full game. It was actually a real cracker of a game against Newcastle, um, but Manly leaked a couple of easy tries around their, their ruck on their goal line. So I think that's something we should be targeting, especially... Uh, ex-Eel Kalepi Tanganoa, I think there was one where he just completely fell off a tackle and it was an easy over right on the try line. Yeah, and I think this is the week where we should be uh, utilising the bombs to the wingers. Tafua and Uate are known as um, Butterfingers. So this is, this, this is especially on um, Uate, so we've got Hoffman there. Um, we should definitely be utilising either the crossfield kick or a, a midfield bomb um, to test those guys out. Obviously, Travojevic is he's going to catch... 99 out of 100 of them so there's no really point for um bombing him but this one i think yeah this is the week we should be testing their wingers out especially uate and can we have a uh video review of every uh potential uate try of the weekend <laughs> i know he got one taken off him against knights last weekend but their last encounter he scored the game winner from an absolute bobble <laughs> um all right boys well uh that about wraps up the preview for NRL. I'll, I'll finish with some some predictions. Uh, so, Bertie, first try scorer, eventual score. Uh, Hoffman to continue his rich vein of form. First try scorer, and I'm tipping Parramatta, 24, uh, Manly, 12. And on to you, 40. Um, Got to go with faster score first. So I'll go Brownie, be... Um, 
the first forward to get on the board for the Eels. And then eventual result, 28-10 to Para. And just quickly, I know King almost went over on yeah, the weekend. Was, he almost broke the drought. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you sorry. can see the dabs broken out there. And him. Yeah, um, I'm going to go for my boy Cam King again for first try scorer. He he nearly got there. I don't think he was meant to get there. Actually, there was no runners and he just thought, oh, fuck it, I'll take myself. So, um, <laughs> pardon my language there. But uh, That's right. <laughs> I'm sure he was thinking exactly that. And he just went for the line and he, he, was, he was close. So, I'm going to go uh, Cam King again. And this week... Para will win 48 to 8. No. Um, <laughs> that was last week's prediction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a bit closer to this one. Uh, I'm going to go 20, 26 to 4. Parramatta's way, of course. Well, our last match against Manly, sorry, penalty right on the death. That was in 2016. What was no, the 20... last game? It was the 2017 round two. Last wasn't game it? It was 2012. Round one, wasn't it? Yeah, was yeah, it? Round one, wasn't it? Round one, wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't it? Round one. We did. We last didn't play the main set, did we? We forced like seven or eight line dropouts that game. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I think Gutho had a whale of a game at second. Uh, sorry, at five eight. That's right. He scored a try and did a few other good things. Yeah, and our last game at Parramatta, we won by that final. Uh, penalty, which was, uh, I think Bevo got taken out off the ball. Uh, by That's a... right. And there was the, the Bo Scott, uh, Darcy Lysick little brouhaha where That's right. patted him on the head and then Scott made force the air and ran up and patted him on the head. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of cheering there. And, yeah. Um, now, hopefully we can get the chocolates. And on to you, PM. What's your um, your prediction? Well, the thunder got stolen there. I was going to say Cameron King for the first try, but, but since it was stolen <laughs> off me, <laughs> I might say Jared Hayne. I might... They'll, they'll, I'll be looking at Jared Hayne last week, and instead they'll be backing off to try and cover Hoffman, thinking that Hayne won't get the ball. Hayne will get the ball this week and beat whoever his opponent is one-on-one and score the first try of the game. And the Eels, I think they can get the victory 26 points to 10. All right, and on to mine. Um, I've got, going on with our right edge favouritism here, um, we did seem to test that right edge a lot on the weekend. Uh, an inside ball from Hayne back to Tepe Maroa to go over early. Um, also, around the middle of the ruck, Apisai Coruscant, whilst he does a lot in attack, he, he does have a horrendous missed tackle um, I just want to point out, Hamish, that if Tepe doesn't score from an inside pass from Hayne, it doesn't count. <laughs> you, you've explicitly stated that he will score from an inside pass from Hayne. Inside yeah, pass from it. Hayne, right on he'll the score. line. He'll score. He'll, he'll run off uh, Moses's hip and score off that. Exactly. Instead. Yeah. <laughs> exactly try that. Well, what was that one against the Knights? It was about two or three years back, where he where he blew his shoe. Yep. His, his shoe yeah. went flying. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> um, well, hopefully, I, I'm expecting a win. I'm not going to tip a score this week because you know I think we've all got to stay a bit humble after last weekend. <laughs> uh, footy isn't one on the on, on paper; it's one out there on the ground. Um, I think after a long preseason, lots of. Uh, High expectations around the club, maybe got a little bit too um too over excited about everything. Um, yeah, just win this week, just win, just win, just get the, many, the just two win. points and get home. Yep. Not last week, Ron. <laughs> um. All right, so uh, that'll about wrap us up for this week. Um. Do you want to shoot out some plugs, Bertie? Where can we catch you? Oh yeah, my Twitter is uh Bevan Heaven One and um. Yeah, that's it, really. 
Uh, I'll be tweeting every week. Give Morata a go until the club listens to me. (laughs) Where's Morata this week? (laughs) I think he's playing for Wendy. And this week, luckily, I haven't tagged anyone in the tweet. You you let me down. That was literally the whole point of this was to tag a random player every week. And (laughs) Booty fired up about that um, that Walker Blake first try. the the shadow showed that Walker Blake's foot might have been out, but if you looked in the actual Second. footage, the reverse camera at uh, the ver- reverse camera from like our in goal showed that his foot was clearly above the line and inside. Um, yeah. So there was, there was no I controversy I there. I've like the fight on Twitter about that, and I end up apologising later. So <laughs> Fox man. Sports takes, caught you out takes, with their clickbait. <laughs> it, it takes it takes a big man to own up and apologise. So respect. Yeah. It's good to have him right back for the Wenty, so that'll be be one to watch on Saturday. All right, and and we should say Vave makes his uh, return to Wenty as well, along with the middle Jennings. George is back from an elbow injury as well. That's so right. Three players to reinforce Wenty. And forty, where can we catch you? At or uh, as always, you can catch me at thecumberlandfro.com or at EelsTCT on Twitter. Uh, we've got plenty of stuff out this week. We've uh, got our first piece from Shelley, who's one of our associate contributors now. So she's done a, a view from the stands, I believe it is. Uh, Colmax got his first stat attack review in from the loss against Penrith. Uh, my Whiskey Musings and Mitch's uh, post-game grades are up. And Sixties has got a ton of stuff pumped out about his um, opinion stuff with the Spotlight series. So there is I was like half a dozen things to read if you're interested in catching up on all things para. And there'll be more as we head towards the weekend with all the games to cover. All right, and on to you, Ham. Uh, yep, the Twitter is at HamSandwich22, and the band this week is Bolin, spelled B-O-L-E-Y-N. Uh, some good friends of mine. The singer is from East London, big West Ham fan, so shout out to them. And Ham, can we try get you to get an interview with that Manly fan that shouts out, Manly! Oh, no, it goes, <laughs> Manly! Manly! <laughs> manly! <laughs> That's, that's the I, I want to see a snap. <laughs> I, won't, I won't be going close to that bloke, hopefully. <laughs> it's like seeing Dante in the wild. We, we need a snap of manly guy. <laughs> I think it's actually played over the uh, over the speaker system there. It's not an actual person anymore. Oh, okay. Well, my apologies. <laughs> I've never been to that stadium, and I hope never to go. Um, <laughs> on to you, PM. Yeah, you catch me on Twitter at at Paramatters, and of course, support First Nambucca for all your sporting needs, and we have NRL gear in there for all teams, but we specialise in the Parramatta Eels gear. Um, it's a new training shirts due in very shortly, as I'm very low on stock, but get on the site there, www.sportfirstnambucca.com.au. Tell them that the, that the what's the name sent you, the Para Podcast sent you. Use that Para Podcast in the discount code coupon box, and you'll get 10% off, and it's free delivery on orders over $100. So get on there and check it out, guys. Boom. Just what a quick do. question for, for, for myself. When, when are you getting in the um, the Heritage Jerseys PM? Have you got an established timeline yet? No, I have no idea what's going on with jerseys at this stage. At, the, at this stage, I am not stocking any jerseys due to the NRL will not step in and help with the pricing. The pricing is ridiculous. And it also seems that some retailers Whoa, get a different fire price. Up, PM, that's, back that's again. Next week, PM, yeah. I think. Fire up about yeah. that. <laughs> it's obviously, the different re- re- retailers get different buy prices on the jerseys and they can sell them for substantially cheaper than what So I assume Rebel's can. got. Re- Rebel can purchase them for like 80 bucks and then sell them for 180 or whatever it is. Yeah, that's about right. And there's some other stores that are, that are taking pre orders 
on jerseys for about 140 bucks, and there's just not enough margin in them. Can't keep the little guy down, PM, and we'll get you on for a fire-up PM next week. Um, all right, and us, you can catch us on Facebook forward slash, uh, for, facebook.com forward slash Podcast on Twitter at Podcast on um, iTunes, search Podcast, leave us a review, um, and also um, you can catch us on the SoundCloud as well. Um, we've got a couple of people that are sending in some, um, you know, tips and, and things that they'd like to uh, to change on the podcast. Uh, there was a couple of issues with the audio last week. I, I forgot to turn up um, Birdie's volume. Um, so I'll get on to that this week. Um, but again, thanks everybody for listening. Feel free to shoot us uh, a tweet, a PM or an email with some feedback and we're, we're happy to sort of, uh, you know, work around with some of those suggestions. Yeah, make sure you slide into keep, those keep, DMs. No, no, keep everything in the public uh, public profile with Hamish. No, Rose. don't slide DM into those anything. DMs. No, <laughs> no, slide no, keep, on in. Keep it. <laughs> don't, don't, don't go quite with um, Hamish guys just a pro tip here keep it all in the public domain <laughs> alright guys well thanks for joining us this week um, onward and upward we can only get better week on week uh, last week was an anomaly it was round one and this week we're just going to get fucking slammed in. we're going to rub their faces <laughs> in that shit <laughs> What, what was that about not making a score prediction you know, there's no score sort of prediction but fucking slam there's no score Smashing prediction it. it's you know they are scum they, you know, look look at fucking poor Ham getting overcharged to go to a game there. Silver oh, tails, they'll the, never go away. Just play the theme song, will you? <laughs> <laughs> get, <laughs> all the credits. Guys, get Hamish out of here. <laughs> all right, cheers, boys. We'll go para, and uh, hopefully we get the, the win this weekend. Go then, Eels. Catch you later, Eels. Good night, I go. I'll tell you where Murata is. He's not going to be a good fan on Sunday. <laughs> Cheers, boys. All right. Well, I think we might finish it up there.